subtle skills, big results. Welcome to the Ninja Selling Podcast. Welcome back to the Ninja Selling Podcast. Matt and Garrett, back with you again. Got a great episode for you today. As we jump into this, I'll make the intro nice and quick because a lot of you listen to these episodes all the time. You've heard it. We had a long intro last time. Go check out ninjaselling.com if you want to learn more about Ninja Selling. If you want to learn more about our coaching that we offer, go to ninjacoaching.com. We have amazing coaches, highly skilled, all handpicked by me and trained by me. They're incredible. And uh, they'll help you get to all the goals, implement Ninja, figure out why you might be resisting it, get the best results you can possibly get. And if you want to grow with a group of like-minded individuals that listen to the podcast, also go to the Ninja Selling Podcast community on Facebook answer all the questions. We will accept you into the group and uh, you can be part of that group and uh, go check that out. Ask questions about things you might be stuck on. Look for help. Amazing people in there. And speaking of amazing people, Matt Benelli, everybody. Oh, thank you, Garrett, for that lovely intro. One amazing person to another. Uh, it's fantastic. Well, I'm, I'm excited to chat today because we got like kind of um, this recurring theme that we do several episodes about over time and there's kind of like the seasonality of it too and it's coming back up again it's important to kind of just remind and ourselves as realtors about what are we really doing what are the really key elements that go into making decisions around buying and selling homes and market movements and it's not just the interest rate oh it's only interest rate or the prices oh it's only right that's what i meant it is just the interest rate and the house price and the monthly payment. That is the only factor. That is the only reason. That is why people buy and sell. <laughs> I think that's done. I think that's the episode, man. We're done. Yep. All right. No, wait, wait, rewind. It is not just those things, right? Those are the things that always come out. It's like, well, only if interest rates, only if prices, only if inventory. It's like, well, then go on your MLS. We see closings happening every single day, yeah. right? If it's the interest rate, the prices, and and the inventory that we're waiting for, how come those homes are selling? How come those buyers are buying? Well, this this goes back to a really interesting thing that very few people paid attention to when we kind of peaked out here. When the uh, if you look at the FHFA graph, their quarterly numbers they put out, page nine. If anybody's familiar with that document, it's the house price index. Page nine. If you go to it, it shows from 1991 until now what the appreciation rate's done. And you can watch it where it peaked about a year ago. It peaked right when interest rates basically were at their highest. They went way sky high. Inflation reports were coming out all over the place. You know, So they went high. And then all of a sudden, we watched the appreciation stop and things started to come down. And it was interesting. Everything then leveled out. It came down and flatlined. It was really interesting that right before the interest rates started to drop and everybody's going, oh my gosh, these interest rates are stopping everybody. This is what's making everybody not be able to buy right now. If only we could have low interest rates back and everybody had like hanging their hat on this. Interest rates were they're kind of their high. And all of a sudden, people in my coaching world, ones that I was personally coaching, were like, I'm starting to see some activity come back. I'm starting to see some buyers start to make some moves here. I'm starting to see some people start to refinance, started to hear that. And every bit of my brain was going, why in the world would people be refinancing right now with interest rates sitting where they're sitting at? Like, that doesn't make sense. I did learn more about it. It did make sense. <laughs> We're not going there. But when it came to this idea of people moving and all of a sudden this activity started to pick up, I was like, everybody pay attention right now because it's not 
happening because interest rates are coming down. It's happening because people need to move. We had a year here where everybody kind of put the brakes on and now all of a sudden they, they have to move. They have to make this move. The interesting thing, Matt, is the interest rates then a couple months later started to drop. And it's amazing how fast and how quickly everybody went, oh, interest rates, that's what's causing it. Now everybody can start to afford again. They're comfortable because the payments are starting to come down and there's movement starting to happen. And everybody missed that moment that it started to actually pick up activity before the interest rates started to drop. And I kept trying to scream it to everybody going like, watch, pay attention, look, like this is so important that you understand how this works. And we missed it. And that's why I think it's so great that we're talking about this today, Matt, because we need to pay attention to the data. We need to pay attention to the details because when you really look at the details, it's not interest rates that are causing the, the inventory or the market to happen right now. This is general people's needs is what we're seeing right now. And I, I know it's what you're seeing right now. Oh, yeah. Well, and, and I'll say this too, right? I think sometimes we get too focused on the numbers, right? We get too focused on the national trends, the this trend, that trend. Affordability is very important. Don't get me wrong. Like People need to be able to afford to buy the house that they want. Otherwise, they're not going to be able to buy it, right? Like that's that's almost like the foundational conversation. Hey, let's talk about our buying power and all that stuff, right? But when we get into like, oh, that's what's really driving people, it's not because we've talked about this before too. Like a person's primary home is not a financial investment, right? Can it be an asset on their personal balance sheet? Absolutely. But it is when you think about investing our money, right? A lot of times we're looking for, hey, what's my return on that investment? All of these things, which incorporates how much money we're spending on maintaining that investment, everything. And our home, we literally pay money every single month in interest on that mortgage payment, in maintenance and utilities and painters that I, you know, upgrades that we want to do. We literally pay money for that every single month. Now you do renting too. So I'm not saying that, you know, home ownership is not the way because there's a lot of great benefits that come with it, particularly for those people who bought before 2020. They know the benefits of holding an asset through an appreciating market for sure. And so I always love Grant Cardone's videos when he talks about owning a home as a bad idea, right? And he's strictly talking about it from a financial investment perspective. And people go crazy. They're like, oh, what Grant is saying you should never own a home and all this stuff. And he owns a home. And he, he actually commented on one of his videos recently. He said, yeah, of course I own a home. But people should understand the risks associated with buying a home as a, quote, investment, because there are people who do go in over their head. The whole oh. date, the rate, the marry the house thing that we told everybody don't use that because you know, like it could be construed as encouraging people to spend more money than they have. Like These are the things we just need to be aware of. So if buying a home then is not a great financial investment, quote unquote, why do people buy homes? Well, because they buy Garrett for the lifestyle investment. They buy because there's a life that they want to live. There is a family that want they want to have space for. There's a commute that they want to have. There's a location that they want to be. There's grandkids that they want to be close to. These are the reasons why people buy. There's this trade-off of home ownership too, because like I again, we live in this house. We love this house. We've been here for over 10 years now. And this house has had its fair share of headaches all over the place. I could sit back and be like, this is the epitome of, oh, custom home? 
Oh, good luck with that one. Because huh. it was definitely built as a custom home, not for me, for other people that had this built before us. Not not like the when people think, oh, luxury custom homes. Those are, it's like, no, 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 no. Custom home is meaning this person specifically did things to this house to customize it for them that made it non-functional for others. <laughs> nobody else in the world would understand. They would, nobody else would go like, oh, that was a great idea. Room without windows? Check. Garage with five entry points? Check. Yeah, just well, let's do it. But the interesting thing is like, I can get upset and be like, okay, so like the ceiling, and this is a really common thing. What happened in Redding, California back in the nineties was they went a route of double drywalling the roof in the garage, the ceiling in the garage. And the whole thing was for fire safety. And they, so they put two layers of drywall up. They used normal drywall nails to do it back in 1996. And what happens is it falls down. And I'm watching, I've been watching it for the last two years, get lower and lower and lower and start to billow down in my garage. And I've had this moment of like, at some point, I'm going to walk out and my project car that I've been working on is going to have two layers of drywall laying on top of it. And I'm going to be furious. This is the wonderful side of homeownership is that now falls on me. I'm the one who has to take care of that. I'm the one who has to solve that problem. I'm the one who's going to have to take all the drywall down, put it all back up, the expense of it and all that stuff. But there's also the cool side of it, of being a homeowner and saying, well, let's get creative. Let's have some fun with this. What could this turn into? What could we make it? And what I did over this last week was I put up shelving runners that go along the joists and actually suck up the entire drywall back up against the ceiling. And it's going to do a drop ceiling so I can make it all storage now. The whole thing is going to be storage and lighting, and it's going to be awesome. And I'm so excited about it. And if I rented this house, I would not have that as a choice for me to do. I would be calling the landlord saying, hey, I've got a problem in the garage. Are you going to take care of this? I'm worried it's going to fall on my stuff. Why haven't you handled this yet? And the reality is I get to make it my own and I get to do whatever I want with it. And I get to hang all the stuff I want to hang, do all the stuff I want to If I want to drill a hole in the middle of my garage floor tomorrow, because I think I want to do underground parking, I can do it. <laughs> Probably should call the city before I do that. No, don't call them. It's been a joke about our, they don't, I'm already red flagged. They don't like me at all. <laughs> but I think that like, there's that freedom that you got to look at. That's oh, what it means yeah. to be a homeowner. It's not the investment side though. Uh, not your own personal residence, but it's a freedom that this is why people want to be homeowners in our in our world. We got we got bent a little bit for a while because we thought it was an investment. We thought it was a second job having a house that all of a sudden was making us an extra hundred thousand dollars a year. But the reality is, is it, it's not that. It is just freedom to do the things you want to do, to build what you want to have, create the environment you want to live in. And I'll be a homeowner forever. I love being a homeowner, and uh, but it's not about the interest per se. And, and that- there are some people that love renting too, right? And I think, and th- this whole thing, Garrett, goes into like, it's not just about an interest rate or the home prices because people have those dreams. They have those dreams of a different level of freedom if they already are homeowners, a different lifestyle. And now on the macro, you can look at all the things and there's, and I can see it now as we, Go later on in the year, there's going to be everybody talking about the data of this and this and the averages nationwide. And this is why there's more home buyers and this is why there's less home sellers or more home sellers. And that's all fine and good. And it's good information to know and it's it's fun information to share. But when it comes to talking to your people, understanding what is driving them 
beyond the finances, which it could be financial. It could be, hey, listen, I love having a low mortgage payment. Cool. Awesome. Yep. You know, maybe that overweighs the commute. Like I'm cool with the commute. If I can have that low mortgage payment, awesome. But you need to understand how the lifestyle fits in. Otherwise, you're never going to understand the numbers. If you're just thinking, well, once prices come down, all these buyers will be willing to buy. I guarantee that there will be some that will be, but you'll also call up some of them and be like, oh yeah, we bought a house. You'd be like, wait, what? But interest rates didn't come down and prices didn't come down. Yeah, but we found this, it had the most gorgeous backyard that we've always wanted. And it's a block from school so our kids can walk, which just we realized is a lifestyle that just makes our dreams come true. And we were willing to pay the money to have that. And you're like, oh. And Matt, people get inheritances. Like things happen in their life. They get raises in their jobs. You know, we we watch it like in our area where everybody had made the comment here a while back of like, it's not affordable anymore. It's not affordable. Like we can, you know, there's a certain ceiling here that prices really can't go any higher because we don't have much industry and things that can support these higher prices. And it's interesting, like what we have right now is we have a huge influx of people coming from outside the area that are bringing a lot of money and they can't afford it. The affordability of Reading for the people coming in from the outside, they're like, where has this little gem been the whole time? Like, I can get, holy, I can get what? For how much? Like, sign me up. I'll buy that one. Let's take it. Let's do this. I'm, I'm amazed what I can get for my money here. Affordability is a really interesting thing. And- you can very easily look at your own area and just go like, I don't know how the local average person can afford to buy here. And yes, there is that challenge that happens. And there's shifts that have to be made at some point in time where if you want to be a homeowner, it may not be here. You might have to go somewhere else. And there's other people, as, as long as those people are willing to come in and buy from the outside, afford, that price is going to continue to go up. And this is how economy works. But when it comes down to people being willing to buy or not based off interest rates, the need to fix life, the need to amplify life is way more important for people. And they will figure out a way to do it. They will save some more money to make it more accessible. They will find ways to scrap cash together. They find ways to buy in other areas because they're not willing to have that house that doesn't work for their family. They will figure it out. It's incredible. They will. Here's the other thing too. Like if people are, we are a consumer nation for better or worse. Right. And so yep. if it's all about the money, let's just say like, and like, Oh, what that's too much. People are going to go spend that money on something else. Right. We do it all the time. We spend it on cars. We spend it on boats. We spend it on iPhones. We don't really spend it on Androids. Just kidding. Some people do. <laughs> we spend it on subscriptions, big screen TVs, travel, all of this stuff. And so here's the other thing. If you have the lifestyle conversation with somebody, it may help them paint a better financial picture for themselves so they can get to the house that they want versus getting the $700 car payment versus a $400 car payment, which that delta of $300 a month could make the difference in their affordability of being in that neighborhood or that neighborhood. Like there's so many things that go into this that if you understand the lifestyle and have those conversations with your people, you're going to help them in a whole, they're going to get a different level of clarity because we are a consumer nation. We focus immediately on the money. Well, how much does that cost? How much is in my bank account? How much does that do to my monthly payment? Right. And then we stop. We go, oh, okay. We don't, 
necessarily go the next step and think creatively of like, well, what else can it provide for me? If it provides that energy, if I am closer to my work, maybe I can work an extra half hour and still pick my kids up from work. And that extra half hour allows me to make this little much more income, which now covers that cost or maybe even more. There's a lot that comes out of it. And we and so when we stop at, oh, it's interest rates, it's this and that, we're doing ourselves and our clients a disservice. Yep. And we need to, we need to look beyond that. When it's interesting, you know, the the way we all spend money and what we focus on is expenses in our world. I know my my wife has been doing a deep dive into podcasts lately and she's constantly figuring out how people spend money, why they spend money, what what's important to them. She's really been kind of going down these rabbit holes. And she came to me the other day and she said, I was listening to a podcast. I forget which one it was. It's because she listens to about 10 of them. But what she came to me with was the shock, like the, she almost had no color in her face as she was trying to explain to me how many people that they had interviewed that had car payments over a thousand dollars a month and that it was a, it was a normal thing. And now you're talking to a household that we have, I think one car payment at like $120 and it's just because we just have it and it just won't go away. We're just like, whatever, just like, let it sit there. Not going to deal with it. And we, we're like the opposite. We are the extreme opposite of we're very frugal. We're very, we, we don't like spending money on. And here's the number, the average new monthly car payment right now, new car, 726. We're like, oh, well, that's a new car. Well, the average used car payment is 533. Yeah. So that's average. Yeah. So you start, you start looking at this and it's like, so where are we spending our money? What do we, in, in cars are an interesting thing. Because that money that's being spent, there's lots of ways that you can go buy a car out there for a lot cheaper and you cannot have all the bells and whistles. You don't have to have the leather. You don't have to have the heated seats. You don't have to have the navigation built into it. There are simple cars. Toyota's coming out to pick up right now. They're saying that they'll be able to sell it for $10,000. And part of me goes, it's either going to be the craziest rush on these vehicles where people are like, I can get, or they're going to go look at it and go, well, that doesn't have all the the gadgets and all the fun stuff that I want to have in this. And I would rather spend, you know, fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars on this vehicle that has all the the gimmicks and all the stuff. I think it's a really interesting place. But when you look at a car, a car brings you a lot of happiness. Everybody loves that day of getting a new car and showing it off to their friends and their family that wants to see the new car and go for a ride in it and have all this stuff. And it brings a lot of endorphin rush almost that comes out of having this new car and we'll pay for it and we'll spend crazy money and on a depreciating asset on something that it's not even an investment. It is going to be worth 20% less a year after you drove that thing off the lot. And we're like, okay, we're good with it. Let's roll. (laughs) It's an amazing thing. And I think we get so stuck. And this is where Matt, why I wanted to bring it back to this, us as real estate agents, in consumers, we look at this and we go like, this is going to stop people from being able to buy, stop people from being able to sell. And we don't think that far ahead. We are a, a immediate gratification world. We are going in the moment. We do not look a long time at the, at the long-term wins and losses. We want to solve our pain and, and emphasize pleasure right now in this moment. And uh, we saw people, 2023, we saw a lot of people pump the brakes and put things on hold. We all watched it. Sales across the United States were down. Can't last for long. I've been watching it. That change, that is just something that's on a timer. 
And I'm like, still happening for people. Babies are still being born. Yeah. Jobs are being lost. Jobs are being gained. Inheritance are being had. And at some moment, scales are going to tip and it's going to be like, all right, let's go. I don't care what the interest rate is. We got to go. Absolutely. So it's starting. It is. It definitely is. Right. I mean, I, I will say we're, we're in February right now and every single coaching call this week has been about buyers, multiple offers, dealing with that situation. How do we, how do we win these multiple offers? And also clarity around buyers, making sure that they're properly approved so that they know what they're getting into. And these buyers are ready to roll. So do not think it's just interest rates. And that's why Matt and I wanted to talk to you all about this. Say, do not think this is just interest rate driven. It started before the interest rates started to drop. Here's the other thing. If you approach this business with the mindset of, well, I can only do an abundance of a business when interest rates are down and home prices are in a certain place and inventory is in a certain place, then you're not going to be the one that's doing business when they're not in that place, right? You're out of business. You're literally out of business. You're out of business. You're not going to be the agent who is killing it in 2009. You're not going to be the agent who had their best year ever last year when interest rates were already kind of starting to come down a little bit. And you can be. Listen, the numbers are what they are. Your buyers are going to be financially capable or they are not. In fact, that's the beauty of the numbers is it's black and white pretty much. Like you either can do it or you can't. Now let's focus on what are your desires and if we can make that work. And if we can't, Here's plan B. Awesome. As we're moving through plan B, let's do these things so that we can go back to plan A at some point. I mean, that's as a trusted advisor, these are the conversations you have. And from my perspective, Garrett, too, it relieves so much pressure off of the agent. It allows you to know, oh, okay, here's the next step. Instead of wondering like, gosh, are these, are these people going to buy? I, I don't know. It's like, well, let's get the clarity. Let's understand. Let's build a plan. And then we can move. And as pain or pleasure gets higher, what we thought they wouldn't make a decision around, the payment that we thought they wouldn't go to, that they said we can't afford, that really they could, they just didn't want to pay it. All of a sudden, that payment becomes, all right, it's worth it. All of a sudden, living on that side of town, they said was not acceptable. We would not do it. All of a sudden, is like, pain or pleasure gets high enough. All right, I, let's take a look at some homes over there. Maybe we could do that if that's going to get us down into a range we can do. All of a sudden... When pain or pleasure gets high enough, these blocks, these, these places that they said, I won't go past that, that's not going to work for me, all of a sudden becomes a, okay. And I mean, if we really want to get like to a, another side of this, like if you look at the restaurant side, you know, there are certain places in life where maybe you're making a lot of money and you're like, I only eat at these high-end restaurants out here. And there's a certain place where it's like, hey, you know what? We can't afford maybe these high-end restaurants. The prices have gotten too high because of inflation. And I'm like watching the prices skyrocket on our, our menus around here. There's a certain place that you go, you know, maybe we should check out that restaurant across town that we've never tried that all of a sudden is more affordable to us. And it works. Yeah. And we're going to go do that. And it's amazing how you just change your parameters. It's not that you're not going to eat anymore. <laughs> it's not that you're only going to eat at home. It's you change your world around because we still want to go out to eat. It's still something we want to do. I still want to take my family out. That's what we need to understand. It's not that we stop. We just change our parameters around it and we move forward. Yeah. So, all right. Don't just think it's the interest rates, folks. Gary, good topic, man. Thanks for, I think you brought this one up and forward, but- Something I'm sure we'll talk about again at some point, right? To help people recalibrate. So if any of you listening there have a colleague who needs that recalibration that 
that reminder that this is about helping people achieve an incredible lifestyle, not just a certain monthly payment, knowing that that's just a factor in the bigger picture. Share this with them because we totally appreciate, so appreciate when y'all share that. I mean, that's how this podcast has grown to what it is, is all from you guys sharing because Gary and I started this five years ago with, hey, this would be fun to do. And we continue it today as, hey, this would be fun to do. And so we really appreciate all of you who have supported us, who are active inside of our community on Facebook. You just go there and search for the Ninja Selling Podcast. You'll find it there. And if you want to learn more, as Garrett said in the beginning about what we do with coaching, go to ninjacoaching.com or go to ninjaselling.com to learn more about that and also the trainings that are offered to get into it. And by the way, if you guys are new to Ninja and you're like, hey, what is this Ninja stuff, right? Because there's a lot of people in our Facebook group who are brand new to Ninja, a lot. Go grab Larry Kendall's book. It's titled Ninja Selling. Read it. It's going to give you so much value that's going to allow you to apply things. And then if you need help applying it, reach out to us at the coaching company because we can help you then apply that stuff into your business so that you can build the life that you really want to live so you can have harmony with this business. Because we know that a lot of people get into this business because they're like, hey, it's flexible. I got to go sell real estate. It's going to be so cool. And then you're like, now I'm trapped in this 24-7 cycle of this industry. It doesn't have to be that way. Yep. Read the book. Reach out to us if you need something. And keep listening to the podcast. We so appreciate you guys so, so much. Garrett, thank you, man. Thank you, everybody. Appreciate you all. And uh, we'll see you on the next one. If you enjoyed today's episode and would like more, visit us at the ninjasellingpodcast.com. There you will also find links for more information about ninja selling and coaching. Have an incredible day.